three, three, two, two, one. one. It's time for the show. Action. You're listening to the It's My Time podcast, a recording of the experiences, past and present, of everyday people. And now, here's your host, the one and only. Asher, Asher Chua. How are you doing today, sir? I'm still trying to figure out how to start this thing off right, but so far it's just it's just been just flowing into it like this as a uh, conversation. And, it all I mean, together, man. as far as I know, we just I just met you through Breathe University this year. Yeah, uh, I saw you doing your thing on the uh, the speakers battle, and man. I was like, man, okay, like. Can you tell me how you got how you got involved with that, like speaking wise, or just decided to join the battles? You know what? It's interesting. So, so I got to kind of back up a little bit. So, I come from a, an artistry background. Like, I was a hip hop artist um, back in the mid mid nineties, all the way up to probably about the mid two thousands. Still kind of <laughs> dabbling in it a little bit. Okay. So, I'm also in that performance background, right? Mm. Um, and then I've also done a couple of speaking things, like at my church. Okay. And so, when I got involved in, in Breathe University, it was you know everybody's kind of drawn to ET and the passion and just his transparency and all that kind of stuff. And I was like, man, that's I wonder if I could actually do that. Right. Mm-hmm. Right. No. So then presented <laughs> the challenge, right? And I was yeah. like. Okay, here's your chance. So I'm going to go ahead and step outside of the comfort zone because, you know, being able to perform on stage as an artist mm-hmm. is a little bit different from being a public speaker, right? Because right. I'm an artist in a group of seven or three or whatever. I don't have to just rap for 45 minutes to an hour straight, right? Right, uh, right. So I was like, okay, let me, uh, let me throw my hat in the ring and see what we got. <laughs> so after that, it was just kind of like it, everything just happened. Mm. Is the battle even still- the first round? Even the yeah. first round was crazy, right? So yeah, I got to tell this story. So my mom, I was I was out on a family vacation in Texas. So my family's from Texas. I was uh I was flying back to to California from Dallas, mm-hmm. and my aunt, who I just left the day before, called me and said, "Hey, Dietrich, um, your mom is in the hospital." She had an aneurysm. And I'm like, this is 30 minutes before I get on the plane, right? Before we're boarding. And I'm like, right. oh, okay, so what's going on? That's the thing, son. Nobody knows where she's at. And I'm like, wait a minute, what? Yeah. So I'm like, okay, what's going on? And we're trying to figure everything out. I'm like, okay, we need to call the police. What's the hospital not saying? And so they tell me the story about how um, they were doing a random check in her apartment. Um, they found her unresponsive on the bed and they shipped her to a hospital. Like EMT came, they put her in a hospital. Mm-hmm. So when her apartment called to find out like what's the update, they were like, well, we don't know where she's at. They, you know, they dismissed her. Right. So we were like, well, what do you mean they dismissed her? Where did she go? So nobody knew. So we're scrambling around. 15 minutes later, I get a call from another hospital that says, hey, I'm glad we found you. Your mom is here. I'm like, okay, well, what's going on? Well, she's in ICU in the neuro department here at the hospital. Mm-hmm. So like I board the plane, I get home tuck the kids in the bed, do all of that fun stuff. And like, I'm literally looking for a flight to get out either the next morning or on a Friday. And mm-hmm. so I fly out on a Friday and, and I'm, I'm, I'm at the hospital and everything's just like going crazy. So mm-hmm. I think it was like, like 9.30 Denver time. I'm just kind of scrolling through Facebook. My mom is sleeping in a room. I'm just in a room kind of going through it. And I see Nikki post like, yeah, uh, first round of the speaker's battle is uh, me against Joe Hammond. <laughs> and your videos are due at midnight. And I'm like, wait a minute, it's 9.30 now. It's 
11.30 in New York. Mm. Okay, I got 30 minutes to put this video together. And so I'm like, okay, I can't do it in my mom's room. She's asleep. I can't do it outside. It's pitch black. Mm. So I go downstairs into the lobby of the hospital, mm. start recording. And as soon as I start recording, woo, 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 the EMTs rush in. And I'm like, okay, I can't use that one. Let yeah. me find another place to record. <laughs> so I sit down another place. I start recording. And one of the janitorial staff was walking down the hallway with the cart. And all you hear is... <laughs> I'm like, oh, okay, I can't sit here. Like, it's like 9.45 at this point. And I'm like, okay, I got to get this video in. Right. So I go to another location and I sit down, I start recording and this huge family comes in. They're obviously visiting somebody that's in the, in the ER. Mm -hmm. And one of the little kids is just like, ah! and I'm like, oh. I can't use that either. <laughs> so now it's like 9.50, right? And I'm like, right. okay, I got 10 minutes. I don't think I'm going to make it. And I'm like, I'm on Facebook and I'm like, I don't know if I'm going to do it. I might have to just bow out. Mm -hmm. Somebody hits me and they were like, man, just, just do it. It doesn't matter. Just do it. Yeah. And so it's like, okay, cool. I close my eyes and I sit for a second and then I just, I, I open them up and I just start recording. And when mm -hmm. people start coming, I just hit pause. And then when they leave, I start re-recording from then. And I hit pause and I start re-recording from there. And so in the speakers battle, you get like three minutes, right? Yeah. I use like a minute, maybe 34 seconds for that first round. And mm -hmm. so I was just like, I sent it off to Nikki and I was like, oh, I don't know about this one, but this is like, I can't do anything else like my circumstances, but I'm thinking you got to just, just execute. Right, right. Okay, so we turn it in. And then she sends it out and was like, okay, first round battles are up. It's Dietrich versus Joe. Unfortunately, Joe goes over time limit. So by DQ, Dietrich gets passed through. Mm. And so like, I'm like, okay. So I get to see what everybody's kind of doing through all of these videos. And I'm like, okay. I mean, you knew you had to step your game up. Right. Like the level of intensity is like here. Mm. And I'm like, okay, now, now I know. So I'm just like studying all these things. Like, okay, how do I want to tell my stories? How, how do I want to craft stuff? So every time a topic comes out, I'm like, okay, what story do you pull from the bank? And how does that apply to the people? Like, what do you want to say? Right. And so I just started letting them go, right? So I use little bitty, you know, tips and tricks and everything like that. When you're talking about, you know, people that learn, you know, audio, visual, mm -hmm. you know, kinesthetic, all that kind of stuff like that. And so I just go for it every time. Yeah. And I'm like, okay, I hope my stories like are drawing people in because you know the, 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 the competition was kind of fierce. Like yeah. there was some people on there. Where you're like, oh, <laughs> so I was like, okay. And each round, I kept getting passed through, and I was like, okay, you may be able to do this. Like it turned from I don't think I want I'm going to be able to do it mm -hmm. because of that first situation to like you literally got a shot. Mm -hmm. And it just came back to something that you know we talk about at Breathe University a lot. It's just like execution is worship. Mm. And so had I not done that first round and just been like, you know what, I'm just going to do it. it right. It's not perfect, but I'm just going to do it. Like I wouldn't even be here in the finals right now. Mm. And so I'm pretty excited just to see what, you know, what, what my boy John is going to come with yeah. um, on his <laughs> side. I know he's a beast at it, right? Oh, yeah. Like, yeah. You got to come with something if you're going to even compete. So I'm like, okay, let me come with something. I'm just like, all right, Nikki, post it. I want to see what's going on. I, I literally am like, I'm not waiting for her to post so I can see myself because I already know what I did, mm -hmm. but I want to see what everybody else is doing. I'm like, because everybody has a story. And I'm like, right. I want to hear people's stories and like how they're 
even going to impact me, right? Mm-hmm. And so, like, I'm drawing from all of that. I'm drawing little tips. I'm drawing things from the stories, and I'm like, okay, I see how they did this, and I see how they did that. And like, okay, you can kind of use that same technique, mm-hmm. but how does it, you know, how do you make it unique to you? How do right, you tell right. your story and your voice and still, you know, convey the message? Mm-hmm. And so, like, right now, it's the most interesting thing. Like, I think some people would kind of be nervous, like, oh, my gosh, you know, am I going to win? Am I going to win? I'm really in the state of, like, I'm playing with housemen. <laughs> so at the end of the day, it really doesn't matter. Like, I, yeah, I, you can't lose. I proved to myself what I wanted to prove, right, that I actually right. could go out and do it. And now it's just, a, you know, the situation where it's kind of like, okay, win, lose, draw, whatever. Like, mm-hmm. you kind of know the steps. Now it's what do you do after that? Like, how do you get better? How do you continue to increase and raise that level? Because I'm watching some great, dynamic, young speakers, not just in BU, but people that kind of came through that whole crap. People like David Shand, you know, Mm. Jeremy Alexander, and like, even Kendall Ficklin. Like, I'm listening to him. and I'm like, yo, these guys are like on it. And so, like, I'm gleaning all of that stuff in. But at the end of the day, you know, I'm like, okay, I need a coach that's going to help me to get over the hump and figure out, like, how do I really craft this Mm. to where, you know, it's different doing a three-minute speech or three-minute presentation to, like, you got to deliver a keynote or talk for, like, 45 minutes to an hour. Right, right. So I'm like, okay, how do you, you know, what are the tips, what are the techniques that people use to be able to draw from that? Right. And I think one of the things that helps is like something that we're doing right now. We're just really having a conversation, right? Yeah. And so I think when you're when you're organic like that and you're passionate about whatever it is you're saying, like all of that stuff will kind of come naturally over time. Mm-hmm. But for me, I think being in the speaker's battle kind of help hone some of that stuff to where it's like, oh, okay, yeah. now you know some things. Let's go to the next level to see how far you can take. Right, right. Man, that's amazing. I'm glad you shared that story because I also threw my hat in the ring and I, I didn't get through the first round, but something that I definitely got out of it was like getting out of that paralysis by analysis mentality where my topic initially was excuses of all things. And I was like, okay, oh wow, I'm going to talk about what I've been doing. I've been making excuses about, oh, okay, I want a podcast or, oh, I want to, I want to take the information that I've gained from Breathe University, from personal development, from getting on like mastermind calls, going to conferences. And now it's like, I want to apply it because I'm in a position where I've stepped away from work, like my nine to five every day to where I need to like get my head refocused. And I actually have an opportunity where it's not do or die, but I put myself in a do or die situation to where I said, hey, just make it happen. Like nobody's chasing you, but you and only you know, like what you need to do. So it's like, as soon like I submitted, I submitted my like I threw my hat in the ring to say, hey, I want to jump in. And it was like, I thought it was maybe past the deadline, but I got put in the bracket. And it's like, hey, you got a spot, go ahead and do your thing. And I just went downstairs, like here in the basement where I'm at. And I was just like, well, it's just me and the whiteboard in the back, the the wall or whatnot. And I was like, what in the world can I say about excuses? So I just 
jumped on Zoom and started recording because I, I didn't know, I haven't done video edi- video editing since maybe like middle school or high school. So I got like no idea. So I, I put out a video like this finally after recording it like 20 or 50 times. And like by the last one, I was just like dead tired. I was like, man, that was garbage. But like, don't make an excuse. Just submit it anyways and like see how it comes out. And as soon as I submitted it, I started, <laughs> I made the mistake to read some of the comments And like the person I was going up against was just like, oh, I'll see the next person in the next round. I was like, (laughs) I was like, that kind of just rubbed me the wrong way. I was like, he just passed over me like, oh, I remember you from last time. So I'll I'll see you in the next round. I was like, okay. Like I, I was, I wasn't looking necessarily to compete, but I was like, I think I almost saw that comment before I recorded the video. So I may have gone into it with like the wrong passion and that may have been like going too hard, but Once it got submitted, I didn't make it. And I just saw like the comments that were the follow up. I was like, okay, like this is constructive criticism. Take it and start working on it. So I basically use that to launch myself into starting this podcast to say, hey, I need to be able to work on my speaking because usually I have I have an issue of being monotone a lot of times. And if I'm sure the people at the very beginning when they listen to episode one, And this one will probably be like episode 15 or 20. They'll be like, okay, like you, you've been practicing a little bit. So my thing was just like, what can I do? And I reached out to somebody um, before doing the speakers battle. He, I think he's on the West Coast too, uh, Lee West. He's a rapper. Yeah, that's it. You know Lee? That's my guy. Okay, that's that's my guy. I yeah, was going to say, my guy, man. So I had him on episode three. I put it up last, last Tuesday. Oh, and, snap. Uh, I put it up in, in the chat. I was like, hey, um, looking for a, a speaking coach to help me get over um, being monotone. And he was the first one to respond. And he's just like, hey, I'm not a I'm not a speaking coach, but I'm in the rap industry. So I think I might be able to help you out. So he jumped on. I think we jumped on uh, the phone either by video and he was just like, okay, uh, we talked a little bit about it. It's like, what are you trying to do? And I was like, well, I'm trying to start a podcast. I'd like to talk to people that I've come to know, like people I've worked with. And I just want to be able to present myself and be able to communicate with the guests in a way to where it's not like terrible for the listener to be like, oh my God, like, dude, like just go sit down somewhere in the corner. <laughs> so like the thing that he gave me was essentially what I named the podcast. And it's, he said, okay, do, do like this, say this, it's my time. And I was like, I was like, okay, I'll, I'll do it. He's like, say it again. It's my time. I was like, say it again. It's my time. And I was like, okay. And he's like, how did that feel? I was like, felt pretty good. He's like, you see what you did there that energy that you created that came out of you so he's like use that and take that to lead you so once i took that information he gave me i turn around and i see nikki's posting the speakers about it i was like what can i lose i'm not a speaker naturally but like it's if you have a voice you speak but yeah exactly to become, to become a speaker like professionally you have to work on that craft and tool it so i was like you got to start somewhere and hadn't been doing anything up to this point so just jumped on that train after doing that recorded the first like mini session after i forgot to record the first 45 minutes with a friend of mine uh theo the smiling barber i met him um last year at a men's um prayer line retreat 
and he's he's a barber like um ex-marine and he started barbering as something to uh kind of just get him back into the swing of things and he went from mm -hmm. just doing it as a hobby to like actually making it his passion and becoming like more focused on the customer service approach to where he's like okay like i understand this isn't just about cutting hair but this is about selling an experience to my client and then he went from taking the uh the barbering class at the college to get licensed to taking the extreme execution oh wow um, he took the extreme execution um what do you call that what's the word for it is the certification for, one for yeah the certification okay. so he went, he went to get the certification just back in august of uh august 29th i think 2019 and as soon as he did that like we just jumped on like every now and then we'll jump on the zoom call and we'll just be like dude we gotta record this like i don't know what i'm about to say but just record it and like as we're speaking I've got to finish recording um, what we did a few days before he went to the certification. And I'm going to put that out for tomorrow for the fourth podcast, which is talking about kind of our background where we're both um, African immigrants coming to the States with very similar background, like uh, fathers are in ministry, um, mm. just like coming here, talking about what it's like to be an immigrant and seeing why you do things a certain way and just like, what that exposure and certain expectations mean to you. But right. I guess I said all that to say, it's just, it's great to be, not only to be able to interview you like this, but just know that this circle that we're in, it really just like produces and festers the success where people are just, you just challenge each other. And as soon as you see somebody else doing it, you're like, oh man, like, hey, like there's more people out here. Like everybody's, everybody's doing something. And it's right. like, you're only encouraged to do more and more of yourself. You're not trying to necessarily compete with somebody else, but you're just like, oh, okay, like that person's driving me. And like, I got to step my game up because I want to run with the lions. I want to be part yeah. of the pack. Yeah, and so it's like, it's crazy. Like, so even just listening to you talk, it's like, like you probably got a whole bunch of stories, right? To tell about what it is to, to come from another country, to, to come to America and assimilate, and figure out, you know, how the culture works and just figure like how to even get around, like, right? Those right. are like stories <laughs> for you, like when you just kind of sit and think about it, mm -hmm. the stuff that you draw out from like a life experience perspective, like can help somebody that's right. not necessarily even an immigrant, right? Just people right. who are just kind of like, man, how did he do that? Like, I've always wanted to start a podcast. Like, how did you start your podcast? You just tell them like, man, it was, this is what it sprang from. Yeah. And I think that's one of the beautiful things about, about BU. So even when I think about like the whole disc assessment, right? Mm. So we talk a lot about, about the subconscious mind right. in some of the groups that I'm in and how your subconscious mind like plants like all these thoughts, negative, positive, indifferent, whatever, but it, it's housing all of these thoughts. Mm -hmm. And so when we go through certain situations, we sometimes will pull from our unconscious mind and it mm -hmm. presents whatever thought that is becomes our reality. Mm. So like for instance, there was a long, you know, there was a time where I was like, man, I just don't feel like I grew up like skinny kid, big feet, mm -hmm. long, slender, not pretty athletic or whatnot. <laughs> really nerdy guy that just happened to play sports. So I was kind of cool. Um, <laughs> but like my close. confidence, yeah, man, my confidence level was like shot. And so I used to, I used to always walk around with like my head down. So like everywhere I went, I just mm. walked with my head down. 
And I think it was, you know, you pull that that in from like, what does that stem from? Because like, even after I got to a certain age, and it was like, dude, like you're you're not like the popular dude at school, but like people like you. Mm-hmm. Why are you still walking with your head down? Because subconsciously, I'm like, that's what I'm used to. I don't feel confident, even though like I've displayed like I can hold my own in certain arenas. And it wasn't until I never forget this, man. I was walking to one of my guys' house. And uh, I was just walking down the street. This random dude, this boy, stopped in the car. He was like, yo, young king. And I looked up. He was like, yeah, you. He was like, always walk with your head up, man. Don't hold your head down. Walk with your head up. Always look life right in the eye. Mm. And I was just like, like, this dude don't know me from Adam, right? He's right. obviously an older, he's like an older kid. So he's probably just graduated from high school or something like that. Mm-hmm. But like ever since that time, like that stuck out to me. And I started slowly like learning to like, dude, walk with your head up. Always look life in the eye. Always look life in the eye head on to show like life that you're not afraid of mm-hmm. and to show people that you have that inner confidence. And so it's just, it's funny because I look at like, okay, where did you start off as a kid? Like you just were not confident at all. To, mm-hmm. like you're like you're doing these speakers battles like that's crazy <laughs> to me right so right. I'm just like you started off one way but ended up another way and it all just goes to show like you can retrain your mind to think and change your reality and i know et kind of talks about this sometimes but if you listen to other speak people speak that's mm-hmm. kind of like a common theme it's like you know what you think about you become right. so if you're always thinking like i can i can i can or there's lack there's lack there's lack mm-hmm. that's what you're going to get that's right. like what you become and so i had to force myself out of certain like even to this day there's still things i have to force myself out of thinking like okay Mm -hmm. yeah i heard that nope that's not my reality this is what i this is what i'm gonna go do so we're Mm -hmm. gonna go do that right and even if i don't even if i don't necessarily succeed at that particular thing Mm -hmm. it's not that i jack myself up you know what i'm saying like so i didn't sabotage myself before i even started and so yeah. that almost happened even with the first speaker's battle because I was just like, oh, I don't think I'm going to have enough time. Well, right. if you don't think you don't have enough time, guess what? You don't have, you have enough time. time. Yeah. So I was like, you know what? Let me just go downstairs, find a spot, boom, go. Okay, man, it's always loud in here. <laughs> just kept coming. I was like, you know what? Okay, it's going to be loud, but then I'm going to get some quiet points, mm-hmm. and I'm going to just press pause whenever it gets loud. And mm-hmm. then I'll continue to record after everything quiets back down. Then it was just, okay, you know what? I did what I could with what I had, mm-hmm. said yeah. the rest just wound up working out. But I think a lot of times, and I think that's what we, like what happens in BU is we get to hear other people's stories. Yeah, I think it becomes like, man, if they can get out of that, right. why can I not get out of the situation that I'm in? Like if they can succeed doing that, why can't I? Mm-hmm. I think that's the question we 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 always ask ourselves internally is when we see one another, it's not like, oh man, you know, Asher got his podcast. I'll never get a podcast. It's man, I heard Asher's story. He got a podcast. I've been thinking about a podcast. If he can do yeah. it, why can't I? Right. And so we start to reach out to one another, like, how yeah. did you start? What do you recommend? You know, mm-hmm. We're getting all these tips. And even, I think we talked about it in one of the mastermind calls, it was like exposure. I know Kendall mm-hmm. was talking about that. It's like exposure. Yeah. You got all of this exposure to all these different people from all over the world right. that we can get exposed to. And being able to glean from all that stuff and pull all those nuggets in to be able to reshape mm-hmm. how our subconscious is, is thinking of, thinking about stuff. Yeah. And it's totally amazing. Totally amazing. That's Yeah, it definitely is. And, um, <laughs> 
I'm sure as I'm listening to this, I'm not even thinking about it, but subconsciously, I'm almost like this almost sounds like a, an, a, an advertisement for Breathe University. But <laughs> I, I could almost care less because I'm just like, since that's like from the time that I joined the group and just interacting with people at different levels and just knowing that people genuinely want to improve their lives and seeing how it's taken shape from um, being able to talk to people one on one, like you talk to people online like this. And then when you finally meet in person, you're like, oh, hey, it's it's like you just you've been friends for life. And it's yeah. like, OK, you just finally get to like hug on the person. You shake hands and you're like, man, how's this going in your life? How's that going? And a lot of people, it's like you become closer with the people online than you do with your own family. But for yeah. me, it's kind of become an encouragement to say, OK, if I've been able to become friends with complete strangers, I think there's some kind of hope to get closer to my family. And that's like after seeing my friend Theo go through the extreme execution training and hear his testimony about it, I was like, okay, I know I've been needing to do this. And now that the opportunity presents itself in this way, I'm going December 8th and I'm going to go. And it's like, we're going to continue to rap about it and be able to like, Hey, this is going on. That's going on. And then you just, you just stay in that mix. And then from just creating this and putting out an episode, I think I shared it with my oldest brother and he was just like, Hey, keep going. Like, I like, I like what you're doing. And it's like with um, like, as we talk weekly and he always like does his best to point me in the right direction. I'm able to take some of the information and stuff that I'm doing. And as soon as I have it as a proof of concept, I can say, Hey, here, like, here's something that I've been able to master. Like, if I, or when I, not if, I got that. I haven't been on the, the accountability calls, but I've already heard the language that they use there, where it's like, change, yep. <laughs> change the way you talk, you change yep. the way you act, you change your results in your life. It's like when I go through Jamal's um, real estate training next year in 2020, I will amass at least one property that's able to generate income. And once I'm able to do that for myself, either here in Georgia or whatever state I'm in at the time, I'll be able to get that information and show it to my oldest brother and say like hey here's exactly how you can do this and he lives in chicago so i can be like hey here's the person you want to connect with right here's in his backyard exactly, yeah here's exactly what you need to do and yeah. he's a systems person too where once he understands it and he can see it he'll just launch off with it and that's actually like so that's funny because my profession like i'm a perfect like i'm a realtor that's what i do like mm. just ordinary everything but okay. I kind of was like, what I like, I have my own YouTube channel, right? And so mm -hmm. I'm just sharing pieces of information to help people like guide them through the process of like what it's like to purchase a home. What are some of the steps that you're going to go through? What are some of the things that you need to look out for? You know, how's the market right now? Right. It's giving you, is it like, so information on the go. So it's called info on the go. Okay. I'll and be so checking you out under, as soon as I this is over. Under three, between, you know, somewhere between three and four, sometimes three and five minutes. Mm -hmm. um, sometimes they get a little bit longer because I'm like, I'm trying to share all this information. I don't want to just cut it, but I think what I'll do is like do a two-parter when I start doing it like that. Mm -hmm. um, but it, it like, I got challenged by somebody I won't name from BU and Beast Mode Digital <laughs> to put out more content. Right. And I was like, you know, I'm like, I'm doing it once a month because I'm like, I'm not like, I'm my own, you know, videographer. I'm my yeah. own editor. Like, I'm putting all this stuff together and I got to do my regular nine, you know. Regular right, job. right. 
And so I'm like, man, okay, you know what? I ain't gonna make any excuses for it. Like, I know I need to do more content. So I know I need to put out, you know, two joints every week. Yeah. So I need to put out two joints every week or at least at the bare minimum once a week. So right. it's not just, you know, once every month, it's four right. times a month. Right. So I was like, okay, I can do that. Mm-hmm. And so I just started challenging myself. And then all of a sudden it was like, now you gotta do that. And you gotta yeah. do these speakers, you know, speakers battles. And I'm like, okay, you know what? Honey, there's going to be some nights where I got to go out and maybe go into the office so I can record where it's mm-hmm. quiet. And uh, I'll be gone for a couple of hours because I at least want to get it recorded. And then mm-hmm. I can go you know, during the day to do all the editing, stuff like that. Mm-hmm. But it's, I think the community that we're in just, just like challenges you to like really go forth, put, put your best foot forward and just go do it. Yeah. And like, don't worry about necessarily what the results are going to be. And I keep hearing that same theme. So like, there's a, there's a real huge, you know, um, coach in the real estate industry. And he was like, when I first started, I was on a flip phone in Chicago and you can hear all the wind in the background. And I was just like, I just did it. But yeah. then you look at him now, like years later, he's like, you know, I'm in the studio with a white, you know, with the white backdrop background. And I got right. cameras to the left and cameras to the right. <laughs> like I got a videographer and an editor and like, you know, I got you know my, my branding and all this stuff. And he was like, but you got to start somewhere. Yeah. So yeah. maybe you don't have the money to do all the branding and all the stuff like that. But if you deliver solid content, mm-hmm. people will tend to look past all of that because you're giving them something that they want. So you're providing right. something of value. And I think that goes along the same thing with, you know, what a lot of public speakers wound up doing. So like people like E and, you know, other cats like that is they were just giving content away. Mm. And when you look at how it started with TGIM and then see what it looks like now, you're like, man, this is like a night and day product. But the messaging was still the same, right? It's still the same passion, still the same, you know, fire content, but they packaged it up a little bit different. Mm -hmm. So I'm pretty sure they they can literally go back to like those first TGIMs repackage it with the current branding and right. you almost wouldn't be able to tell, right? <laughs> You'd be able to yeah. tell it's like, okay, it's a little polished now, a little bit yeah. more yeah. polished now than it was back then. But mm-hmm. if you rebrand it with the same packaging, you'd be like, yeah. oh, this must be a new one. <laughs> and so right. you're like, oh, but it just goes to like, you just got to go do it. And then yeah. once you do it, I think, you know, again, you're providing stuff of value and people are gravitating to it. They look mm-hmm. past all the, you know, all the, the flaws. Like, there would be some haters. They're they going to yeah. nitpick. But the people who are just like, I just really want to hear the message. I want to hear mm-hmm. what this person has to say. And I gravitate toward it. They'll look past all of that stuff. Yeah. And then next thing you know, your tribe is just building over time. Your tribe is building over time. Mm-hmm. Whether you change your branding or you don't, your tribe is still following you. They're going right. to rock with right. you. And so I think for you, just do you, man. Even yeah. if you sound monotone, like, like <laughs> I'm a 90s hip hop kid. Yeah. So I grew up listening to people like Gangstar. So you, you, you talk about that's exact, That's exactly who Isaiah mentioned to me. He was like, listen to this guy, the exact same rapper. And Google I was like, is the most monotone <laughs> rapper you could ever hear. But, but when I listened to him, like, yeah. When I listened to him, I was like, that's not, that's not, yeah. I yeah, was just he, thinking, I listen. Row, 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 like pushing right. the eyes and look, it's even kill right. all the way through. But when you listen to the mixture of the beats from Primo and what Guru is actually saying, mm-hmm. you're like, yo, this is like, this is solid. Mm-hmm. So you look past them. Like, again, you're going to have some haters because to this day, people are still like, man, I can't stand Guru, just so monotone. But true gangstar fans, yeah. I, they, they don't really care. <laughs> and that's, that goes back to the point, like, 
talking about the mastermind call <clears throat> maybe a few weeks ago. Yeah. Where they were talking about you can't try to chase two rabbits. Mm. Right. So whoever your tribe is, whoever's yeah. rocking with you, that's who you're delivering your message to. So right. focus on them and not everybody else. I think that's one of the hard parts about you know either public speaking or having a YouTube channel or having a podcast is yeah. when we first start, we're like, man, I want to talk to everybody. <laughs> and then they're talking, trying to talk to everybody. You want to talking to nobody. Nope. <laughs> so it's like, okay, who is really listening? You start to look at the, analyst, the analytics, mm-hmm. listening to what people are talking about, seeing like, okay, I noticed my type of audience is X. Mm-hmm. So whenever I put out my content, it's going toward X because mm-hmm. X is going to share that content out and reach more X. Yeah. And it, 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 it'll snowball. And so instead of trying to like be like, okay, I'm going to just talk to everybody. I'm going to laser focus in on my tribe. And yeah. that's what we talk to every time. And I think once you do that, um, everything starts to get a little bit more simplistic, yeah. even in terms of like, what kind of content am I going to create? Well, what is your audience really like? Like, what are they like? What's that yeah. avatar look like? Or that avatar look like? Like, what does that look mm-hmm. like? And so you just focus on that. Right. And then once you get that, man, everybody starts rocking with you. I'm still in that phase where I'm like, I was trying to figure out like, oh man, how do I get you know, 100 YouTube subscribers? <laughs> People are like, don't focus on the subscribers, dude. Yeah. Just focus on the content. Like, who is your audience? And you focus on that. And if you yeah, focus yeah. on that, your subscriber base will build. But for me, I was like, I want to get to 100 subscribers just because I want to have a custom URL for my YouTube channel, right? I don't like that <laughs> long link that they just assigned to you. I want to yeah. have it be some, some, you know, YouTube.com slash Dietrich Williams. Like, I yeah. wanted to have my own. So for me, that was my goal to get to 100. Mm. But they were like, you're looking at it wrong. Focus on people who are like commenting, people yeah. who tell you, even if they don't comment people who are telling you like yo thank you for that information really appreciate it mm-hmm. what does that avatar look like for those people and you right. just keep putting out content for them and eventually over time they'll start to share out that content with other people and the next thing you know you're like yo man i'm at 150 mm-hmm. how did that happen right all organic because you were focusing on that specific lane and you were being a master and dominating in that particular lane right that's awesome man i was gonna ask you for the youtube since you've been doing the videos for a while have you taken some of the videos and just put it in audio format? I have not. So what I think I'm going to do is after the battle is completely all over, mm-hmm. I'm going to actually start a different YouTube channel because I have one just that like that's for my real estate stuff. Right, right. So I'm going to start a, a separate YouTube channel that's for the speaking side because I'm like, okay. okay, talk about multiple streams of income. Yeah, I'm a yeah. realtor, but that, that industry goes up and down. Yeah. So, yeah. you know, what can I do additionally to bring in another stream of income where you could probably go speak? So right. like myself, I'm going to go do, I'm not going to do the certified speakers yet. Mm-hmm. I'm going to do the certified, I'm going to do the extreme execution to get certified in that. <laughs> and, yeah. and the reason is a, a guru told me like, look, if you do that, that'll give you the content you need to be yeah. able to go and speak. Yeah. And I was like, yeah. bet. So I'm going to do that. And right. then when I need to like hone in on the craft and figure out like, how do you gel all this stuff together? Then mm-hmm. I'll go do, you know, I'll go do this, this speak for profit tour. Nice. But I'm like, look, okay, you give me the content. Now I can figure out which stories I want to tell. Mm-hmm. And then I can craft, I can use my stories and then pull in that content, right? Gotcha. around it. So, so the content right. is like, okay, what are you learning from extreme execution? I learned this. Mm-hmm. What story in your life do you have to pull to relate to that? Mm-hmm. Uh, okay, I mean, bam, I got the story. So now you just put it all together. Right. And then you can figure out like, okay, 
what are my bullet points? How do, mm. what do I want to talk about? And then from there, you can just make it like pure organic. Like I know I want to talk about A, B, C, and D. Mm-hmm. So here's what I need to kind of set it up. You might draw mm-hmm. the outline in your head and think about, okay, this is what I want to do. I'm going to talk. I'm going to talk. I'm going to this. Boom, boom. And then you just go. Yeah. I almost, I can almost guarantee like the first time I do it, it's probably going to be like, I'm going to go back and I'm be like, man, that sucked. <laughs> but it's one of those things where it's like, even when it sucks, you're like, okay, you know, I can improve there. Okay, yeah. I see what I did right there. I didn't touch on that point. Mm-hmm. Don't forget, touch on that point, touch on that point. That was like the nail driver right there. You totally skipped it. Yeah. Because when we start speaking a lot of times, like our, our minds are just like, I want to say X, Y, and Z, and we're just all in there, right? Yeah, you're all so over the alphabet. Gotta, yeah, you just got to take a step back and be like, okay, what are the two or three points that I want to talk about? Exactly. How does my story relate to those three, two or three points? Yeah. And then yeah. you just go in. And, you, you know, obviously you want to do stuff like engage the audience and get them to participate you want to kind of break up certain patterns take them on highs and lows and yeah there's little tips and tricks like people will teach you yeah i just start watching and i'm like oh let me i'm gonna ask this person like what did, how, why did you do this mm-hmm. oh yeah that's called this style and i'm like right what does that do and mm-hmm. they explain it to me and i'm like ah okay put that in let me put that in the toolbox right right <laughs> so like it, it, it is it's one of those things like you develop it mm-hmm. over time I think for me, what made it a little bit more natural for me was just coming from an art background, you know, an artistry background. It was like, okay, you're used to being on stage, standing in front of like 3,000, 5,000 people. Mm. So that's that's not an issue, like standing in front of a crowd and just doing your thing. Right. But it's a little bit different when you're like, okay, I got a specific topic that I need mm. to touch on. Right. And I got I got to speak to this whole audience about that topic. Well, as opposed to an artist, I'm like, dude, I got an album. It's my yeah. album. I get to say whatever the heck I want to say because it's my album. Right, right. You need to go. So that's a little bit different. But I think the stage kind of helped prepare me for, like, how does it feel mm. getting in front of a large group of people? Like, when you know, like, you're nervous. Like, man, I hope I don't forget my lyrics. Yeah. <laughs> your butterflies, your heart's beating. You're still nervous, but you're like, I'm ready to go. But mm-hmm. you're still kind of nervous, right? Right. And so I think it happens to, to all the speakers that go out there. It's like, I know my craft, but mm-hmm. you still get a little bit nervous because you're like, are they going to receive it? Yeah. How's it going to go? But at the end of the day, you just got to be like, go, go. Don't worry about who's going to love it, who's going to hate it. Because some people are going to love it. Some people are going to hate it. But you just got to go do you. Right. Be, be, you hear it all the time. Be your authentic self. Yeah. I had to be, (laughs) I had to challenge that, like, right? So I'm just like, gosh, your authentic self, Dietrich, you're like a cornball dude. Like, (laughs) you're a dirty dude. Like, you're an so it's crazy because like I'm a high I yeah but my S and my C are like four points lower than my I like mm. they're all right there right like my D is way down there like yeah I'm not it's like you're C. almost even yeah. kill across the board even killed almost and so when i was talking to certain people what's up cb phillips uh he was like <laughs> man you're 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 c is here yeah but when it drops it barely drops so mm. you're probably natural naturally a c and i was like you're right like by trade before i got into real estate i was yeah. an analyst mm. so i was like yeah, I'm the person that is like, why you want me to do that? Yeah. What what does this mean? Right. Like, okay, I'm I'm a measure twice and cut once. Sometimes mm-hmm. I might measure three or four times before I decide to cut. Right. Sometimes right. I might be like, mm, that fourth one, I'm not sure. 
So I look at it from that standpoint, and I'm like, man, you're you, you are definitely a C type, mm-hmm. but because you have a performance background, mm-hmm. like that's where your eye kicks in. So right. you like going to the going to the, the barbecue. Be like, hey, what's up, everybody? And you, you'll engage. Yeah. But I'm always like, thinking, okay, what does this mean? What did they mean when they said that? What is okay? I don't. Yep, yep. Okay. Mm, I don't want to make that decision because I'm, mm, I'm still analyzing. Uh, I'm not sure if I'm going to do it. Uh, <laughs> like, okay, stop. <laughs> analysis, you know, paralysis of analysis. You got to get out of that stuff. Yeah. But it's crazy, man. Like ever since I got on the journey <clears throat> with, with doing all of this, even my wife was like, "Man, like I'm seeing a whole bunch of changes." She's like, "Man, you're going back to the gym. Like the stuff that you do around the house, like how you interact with the boys. Like there's a lot of difference between you know. Not that I was like a, this bad dude, but it was mm-hmm. like I'm seeing a big difference between how you were mm-hmm. in June versus how you are in October." Mm. And I'm like, okay, obviously something's there, so let me keep doing doing that. <laughs> right. <laughs> I, I want to keep doing that, so it's not like, oh man, you fell off. Like I don't want to. I don't want to be that guy. Right. Right. But yeah, man. I'm like, I you got on there to do the to do the speakers battle, <laughs> and I think I was just like, man, once you craft your story, I think that's what I told you. Like once you craft your story, you really know your story. Mm-hmm. Like just tell it. Right. Right. Just let it go. Yeah. And I think like that's where people start like that's the authenticity that people mm-hmm. are that will gravitate towards you. So I'm like waiting for you. Like I can't wait <laughs> to tell the story to hear the story where it's like, yeah, man, right. come from, you know, being an immigrant and my, my my dad, you know, my parents are in the ministry, like because that's a whole that's like a unique story. Like not a lot yeah. of people's parents are involved in ministry, plus being an immigrant. Yeah. So, like that unique story, mm-hmm. like that's the voice. And there's, somebody there's a lot of us out here. Yeah, somebody <laughs> needs to hear that because I can almost guarantee you somebody is sitting there and they're like, man, how do I navigate being an immigrant and then the son of people who are in ministry mm-hmm. um, and, 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 and not not necessarily come off as like I'm preaching to the world, even though like I know I have a call, right? Right, right. And so or you're, that like, you're preaching when you don't want to preach. Right. Oh, you just muted yourself. Hang on. You just muted yourself. For- oh, gotcha. <laughs> People get to that state where they're like, I don't necessarily want to accept the calling because I don't want to be perceived in a certain kind of way. Yeah. But it's the story. Like, mm-hmm. that's your story. Like, you got to right. tell that story because somebody out there in the world needs to hear that story mm-hmm. to help them become a better them, to help right. them figure out how to navigate through this thing called life. Mm-hmm. And I think that's a beautiful thing about, like, how we all just get together and share these stories. Like, like you come, so you from Africa, where, where, where are you from? Cameroon. That's where I was so born. Yeah. So okay, so I don't know the history of Cameroon, but but like, did you have like griots that would sit around telling all these folklore, like all these tales about how I'm, it was? And I'm just I'm just learning the stories now. Like, and as I'm going through this, like my mom just told me a story the other day that she usually like we've told in the past, and I was like, hang on, let me record this real quick, and like. I'm going back and actually studying my history now to understand like where it is that I come from because me personally, like I was born there, moved here when I was seven, but never like, I don't know anything traditional like about my country and like at least seeing where it is. Like I understand it's maybe 65 years old, if that like breaking out of colonization and 
recently they just had something like political go on with like the president that's been in charge for over 30 something years and they had arrested the opposing candidate because they're just like oh no 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 like wow. <laughs> you're not you're not doing that they're like as soon as he tried to like oh let me throw my hat in the ring they're like we're throwing you in jail and not only that <laughs> we're throwing your entire cabinet in jail and wow. it's like nine months later they just released them and like people are kind of getting like emboldened like okay like yeah we're we're out here now like we're like the reels coming out but then different things have kind of ensued from that and looking from a distance it's like i don't necessarily understand that because i didn't grow up in it and like i see my mom maybe watching the news every now and then because she grew up there and she came here to the states when she was in her 40s like she's like 64 i think 65 now and like that's been that's that was the major part of her life so it's like going from like i think it would be as a way for me to learn my story it'd be good it will be a good way to be able to interview her on here or just be able to record some conversations to where I can get some background context and like be able to talk to my dad, talk with my brother, my sisters, and just kind of see like everybody's viewpoint because I'm the second to young, the second to the youngest in my family. So I've got four older siblings and they're all, um, they're all two years apart. And like the youngest one to me is five years older than me. So it's like, there's just big gaps where I'm like, there's information I just don't know. And like seeing it from different people's viewpoint, I could be like, oh, okay, like now that makes sense. And then even going to the point of talking to, um, what do you say, like uncles, aunts, cousins, like I just went back, it was four years ago to the country I was born in after 18 years of being in the United States. And oh, it was wow. just like, I just went and it was completely like, I didn't know, I didn't know anything about it because it's like, you've been gone for 18 years. So it's almost like not your home anymore. And yeah. you just come in as like this fish out of water and you have your family receiving you. Like one of my mom's uh, brothers took me around, like he set me up in his place. And what's funny, like, I didn't know that he was in construction because like, I'm a construction engineer now. Like I went from high school to college kind of on a whim where I got introduced to engineering. And I was like, that thing seems cool. Like you get to play games in this classroom, but at the same time you get to uh, do drafting and then you get to build these little projects where um, you make like a mousetrap car. You've got like CDs on the sides of like this mousetrap and you put little pegs, you put little pegs underneath the mousetrap with CDs on the side. And then you basically set it to where once you trigger the mousetrap, it runs on a, either on a carpeted floor or on like a, uh, I don't know if it's linoleum or like yeah. basically what the cafeteria floor would be like. Yeah. And that, yeah. that was just like fun to me where the whole drive there was like, as an immigrant, the big things are education and God, or at least in our family, that was the main thing. Like God's first, education's next, because if you get an education, you get into a good school, you get into a good school, you get a good job, you get a good job, you get a chance to like fend for yourself. And just kind of taking that, it was like, okay, I can go the route of just getting a regular um, high school diploma, which is like you take your core classes, you do some language courses and you're done. Or you can do what they call a dual seal in Georgia where they have technical curriculums. So they had like a business track, they had an engineering track, they had um, they had a few other things, but it was just like an opportunity for you to kind of branch out. And I was like, let me go, let me go try that thing. And the, I guess I'm, I'm grateful for it, not having direction in that sense to where I was just able to go and do something myself. Like 
some things I look at a little bit bitter about, but I've kind of grown from that to where I'm like, I can't, and especially listening to ET, like I can't keep complaining about what happened to me or what wasn't done for me. It's like, okay, well, like somebody wasn't there to watch your games. Like, good. Like I wasn't, I wasn't good at football. I was Mr. Butterfingers. Like I happened, I happened to discover wrestling before basketball because they don't let sixth graders play in our area. And honestly, I've never really played basketball except for maybe like five or 10 pickup games in my life. And that's, that's about it. Like PE, gym, and like randomly. So somebody would see me as like, oh, you're like 6'2". You must play. Like I went to college and I'm sitting here working out. And they're like, oh, are you on the basketball team? I'm like, nope. <laughs> I was like, I've always never played basketball. And they're like, wait, you're a black man that's 6'2". It's like, what are you doing? Oh, I'm here for engineering school. Like I understood that once I graduated, like I, I didn't cut it. And it's like, thankfully, you're able to use use your knowledge, use your head. Like, I'm always grateful for my wrestling coach. And I, I'm going to grab get him. I'm going to interview him on here just because of, like, the impact he, have, he had on my life. And I didn't realize it at the time, but he would always kind of, like, praise me. And I would be, like, from a religious standpoint or a Christian standpoint where you try to be humble. And you, you never want to be in the limelight because it's like, flattery is a is like this bad thing where it's easy to get flattered but if you get caught up by like the comments and things that people say you kind of get distracted from your goal but he would always tell this story about like where I was in a match and I was basically outsized by about 30 30 pounds because I I lost out to um I got challenged for my spot my starting spot and I, I lost out that week so we needed to fill the roster. So I went up to weight classes and we went to this private school and he was just motivated about us being able to beat the private schools because like they've got the money, they've got boosters and everything behind them where he came into a program that was failing. And essentially he not only was able to like light a fire under us because nobody really cared about the program. We had like our assistant principal um, trying to help us out, but like he's the assistant principal. He's got other focuses and things like that and he's not really like a dynamic coach that understands all the preparation that goes into it so it seems like we were kind of getting a half effort from that standpoint but then when you get this new um, coach coming in he's a black man that's like like diesel jack and uh he was he was a football coach and as well as the wrestling coach and he just came in with this intensity. People were like, oh, my God, we can't stand him. His name's uh, Charles Mitchell. And they were like, man, we can't stand Coach Mitchell. Like, as soon as somebody would make a tackle in football, he would go over there, like, smacking them on the head. And somebody's like, what, you're about to give me a concussion from just smacking me on the head. It's like, did I do a good job or a bad job? But uh, like, he just took that intensity into practice for wrestling where before we practice – like we would work out or we would go run. Then we'd go do the wrestling practice. That's about like hour and a half, maybe two hours. After that, we'd go to the gym and lift. And within just like a few months of doing that and taking weight training, maybe a year before through football or for football, like gains, it could have been a combination of puberty, but I think just the effort and the work that he was putting us through, like I saw a difference in myself and other people started to see that. And then we went from taking one um, one team member to the state championship to compete to eight eight 
um, team members went that year that he came in and completely uh, changed the game. And wow. then he, did, he didn't just do that for us, but he also went the extra distance to where like, if somebody needed a ride, he would go and pick them up or he'd say, where are you? Give me a call. Here's my number. And to this day, people still call him. Like, I think he said, maybe few people have maybe lost their lives or like people are still able to reach out to him because they're like, hey, even though when you showed up, people wanted to make fun of you because they didn't think that you were the right guy or like they were kind of curious as to like what's this guy trying to do like he's over here educated he's got a college degree i think he went back and got his phd and then he oh, switched he, he switched school systems to where he's i believe he's a, a superintendent at his school and he's not only leading the school um, from a leadership standpoint, but he took it a step further to where he's doing like the announcements bilingually. So he'll do it in English and he'll do it in Spanish. So he learned oh, Spanish wow. kind of like ET to be like, here's the standard and here's how we're going to do things. And everybody from the outside looking in, we're just like, oh no, that's not going to work. The same thing when he was doing the wrestling. And it's just like, he just has that drive within him where he's like, I, before I start my day, I go ahead and play a sermon. I get in that morning workout. I get that routine going to where I know like, this is my focus and that's where I, I stay on it. I don't worry about what everybody else is doing. And now like having grown up 10, 11 years later and looking back, I'm like, okay, yeah, that was the guy. And that's still the guy because he's, he's staying on mission and he's making impact in the community locally. And people take notice of that. Although they may be haters and want to make fun at the start, like execution is worship. Most definitely. And that's, that's, I think one of the, 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 the great pieces to that story is that even not knowing who this coach is, is just, like he did him, he did him, which allowed you know your team to just flourish. And how, like, if you think about that, how crazy is it that same kid, mm -hmm. same school, mm -hmm. same talent, different coach? Yeah, and it just goes to show you. People talk about you know, oh, I don't think I need a coach. I don't think I need a mentor. I don't think like you need somebody to help guide you through to get to that next level. Whether you call a coach, mentor, friend, associate, whatever the case may be, yeah. you need somebody to help guide you to the next level because oftentimes we get so ingratiated in what we do, mm -hmm. we get a very myopic view of what it is. Mm -hmm. When the coach can can look and they're looking like, okay, I see the whole thing and I see what you're doing. Yeah. Here's where the gaps are. Here's where you know you're kind of cutting corners and making some mistakes here's how we shore that stuff up so mm -hmm. then it, it goes from you got a team that you know it's just like i hope we just beat this one team right. to we got you know one person that's at state to yeah. eight people on the roster right that are going to the state you know the state meet mm -hmm. and so and that all that all boils down to coaching and then it was like people may not have liked the coaches, you know, kind of persona, yeah. but they bought into the methodology, they right. bought into the system. And I think that's another key component is a lot of times where we either don't want to get coached, but when we do get coached, we don't necessarily buy into the system. And then we wonder why the coaching didn't work. Mm. It's like, okay, well, yeah, it's not going to work because that subconscious mind again is it didn't work. See, I told you it wasn't going to work that right. because your subconscious mind, you were already like, this ain't going to work. Right. And so you got exactly what it is that you were thinking about. You yep. didn't think that it was going to work, and that's what you got. 
But when people buy into the system and are like, you know what, this is going to work. Yeah. Then when it works, you're like, I'm not really surprised. Like everybody else may be surprised, but I'm not really surprised because this is what I thought was going to happen all along. It was just mm-hmm. the question of getting from this point where it's the beginning to now where mm-hmm. we're, we're, you know, we're at where we're at. I think I posted this on Facebook several months ago and it was, I kind of tweaked it. I think it was a quote that Bob Costas has said at one point. Mm-hmm. Like champions aren't crowned on the on the podium; they're crowned on the practice field. Mm-hmm. And I was like, "Yo, that's that's profound." And I think we see that a lot of times when we look at like people in the NBA or the NFL or pro sports or whatever it is. Yeah. And they say, "Oh, they won the Super Bowl, man." That's dope. Yeah. But they were already thinking Super Bowl before the season started. Yeah. So they we're like, we're going we to win this thing. Like, yeah. And so people buy into that. And it, it's not the people that necessarily have are the most talented, mm-hmm. are the smartest, have the most you know financial assets or resources to use. It's just yeah. the people who are committed to seeing the task done and then executing on that task. Yeah. I think they say it over and over. People hate them, but hey, you got to respect greatness. The Patriots, they just keep winning. Man, it is funny because, like, I I grew up watching the Michigan Wolverines. I didn't even like Tom Brady then. Mm -hmm. But, uh, like, now that he's on the Patriots, I'm like, oh, my gosh. (laughs) And I was the same way with Michael Jordan because I'm a Knicks fan, right? Mm. So I'm like, man, I can't stand Michael Jordan, but I got to respect what he did, right? Yeah, I, don't, yeah. I can't stand Tom Brady. It's not like I don't like Tom Brady as a human being because I don't right. know Tom Brady, but it's right. like, man, you keep destroying some of the teams that I'm rooting for. Like, yeah, right. I don't like right. So, but, but at the same time, I'm like, man, you got it. This dude is in his 40s. And he's yeah. still out here like doing He's about it. to be 50, I think. Man, he's like 47 or something like that. I'm like, yeah. he's still out here doing it at a time where most quarterbacks – never get to see that age and still play the game at such a high level. And it just goes to show like one, his like his work ethic Mm -hmm. and then two, like he stays hungry. And I think, I think that was something that ET was talking about on something he just dropped today. He was like, oftentimes we're running, we're running, but when we can't see the person behind us that, that was chasing us, Mm -hmm. we either slow down or we stop because we're like, what's the purpose? Like, they're not going to catch me. I'm going to stop running. Right. And I think that to the, that happens to the detriment of people where we look at people like Brady, it's Mm -hmm. like, he still has a chip on his shoulder to where he didn't get selected. Oh, like, yeah, yeah. It, it, like, that chip still sits I, on his I listen to that over that and way. over again. Over and over. And I think, but but that I think that alludes to his greatness is because, like, dude, you're, like, you're the best quarterback that ever played the game of football. Yeah. But you still think about that kid coming out of college that didn't get drafted right away, like all these other people went before you. And for you to still be thinking about that to yeah. this day, like that's <laughs> that's the motive, like that's the motivating factor. Like he's like, nah, man, I still got something to prove. Yeah. So it doesn't shock me if he goes out like win another Super Bowl because he he leaves that we call it a chip, whatever we want to call it, but he leaves that chip on his shoulder. It's like, nah, I, I might got you know five six Super Bowls, but mm-hmm. I'm not done. Yeah. Like, I'm not I'm not done until I say that I'm done. Right. And my body literally says you cannot do this anymore. Right. He's still going at it like that. And I think that's a common theme that if most people would just kind of take that on, not mm-hmm. just even in like the people that are in BU, I'm just talking about in life in general. Right, if right. people would take that same type of attitude, like just imagine what our world would look like, right? Mm-hmm. So you got all all kinds of people who are just kind of like, man, I'm, I'm cool living 
average and just living in mediocrity because all I'm really trying to do is just survive. Right. Where if it was like, no, nah, why do you? Why would you just want that? Right. Why would you just want to hang on and get the bare minimum? Like you're a descendant of a king. You're mm-hmm. a descendant of a king. You are a royal priesthood. Do right. do you know what you have access to? Mm-hmm. If you understood who you are and who you are and what you had access to, you'd be like, no, nah, I, I don't want to settle for just average. I don't want to settle for just surviving. Mm-hmm. I want pride. I want to I want to be in that echelon of people that are just like, yo, this is like this life is awesome. Mm. I can do this for my kids. I can do this for future generations. Right. Most of the time we're just thinking about I just want right. to survive and get through the day. Yeah. I'm not thinking about the people that are coming behind me and I'm not appreciative of the people that came before me that, that set the path. Right. I just want to get through the day. Mm-hmm. And that's that like I was on to where I was, yeah, like, I was I just, on that too. Yeah. I just want to make it through the day. Like I got enough stress on me right now. Like I just want to get through the day right. and come home and just relax and yeah. survive. Then I became a father mm. and I was like, Yo, no, these dudes are depending on you. Like mm-hmm. they are literally depending on you to set them up in the future. So they don't have to experience a lot of the stuff that you had to go through. Now, that isn't to say I want to shield them from everything. But I'm like, you mm-hmm. have to grow up. Like, you you got to learn to be a man. But why would I want to send you into an educational system that's going to take all this money from you, but not mm-hmm. guarantee you something on the other end of it? Like, they gonna, you're going to pay, but they're not going to guarantee you anything on the other end. And that's not to say, like, I don't, I don't necessarily say the educational system is jacked up. Mm-hmm. Like, I... I I'm a college grad. I have an MBA, so obviously I figured it was important right. at some point. Like it's got to be important from some standpoint. Yeah. But I don't want my kids to be like, I want to go and do my MBA like dad. Right. But I don't want to have the debt yeah. that dad had. That had <laughs> trying to get it right. right. So for right. me, I'm like, okay, how do I set them up to like, you want to go to grad school? Cool, it's already paid for. Mm-hmm. You ain't even reach college yet, but your grad school is already paid for if you want to go. Yeah. So that when you step out. You're not stepping out into the world behind the eight ball. Yeah. Like you're stepping out like free of debt. Mm-hmm. Your credit is cool. Like you're good. So if you're like, yo, I want to go buy a house when I get out of college and I'm 21. Yeah. Boom. I can go do that. Yeah. And I'm not going to put myself in a position where I'm like, I'm, I'm really struggling yeah. just to make it. And so you hear yeah. people like Jamal and E.T. Mm-hmm. and all these people talk about stuff like that. And then you see it, you're like, man, he talks about being a college dropout, you know, high school dropout mm-hmm. all the time. You're right, right. How, how is it that some of us have college degrees? Yeah. We're still trying to figure that thing out. Yeah. And so we have to figure out like where that, where's the gap that's coming out? What are we not doing or what are we not seeing mm-hmm. that doesn't allow us to execute at that level to where we can go out and do and have all those right. types, same types of things? And I think part of it is like our limiting beliefs in that mm-hmm. uh, we could never, we could never be, you know, yeah. number one motivational speaker in the, in the world. Right. We could never have a multi-million dollar company. Yeah. We could yeah. never, you know, have 30, 40 houses that people are renting out from us mm-hmm. and we're living off of, you know, that type of income. We can right. never do those type of things because we never saw anybody do it in right. our communities or in right. our neighborhoods right. or in our families. And so we, we there's that subconscious mind thing in the back, right? Mm-hmm. I never saw this done in my family. What makes me think that I could be the one to do it? Right. Why not you? Yeah. Why not you? And so I think that's the thing that we have to shift even when yeah. we're talking about, like, even amongst our people is 
we have this limiting belief that we can't do it right or it can't be done mm -hmm. and that's why we see other people do it we start hate yeah oh man i don't like that person he think he all of that she thinks he's all of that like why yeah. because maybe maybe they are you can do it's the like, same thing why aren't Go you all that Right. Yeah, but I think I think to your point, it's uh, it's a good point, and I I think I've heard the conversation come up recently in the podcast that um they put out on the secret to success recently, and I think it was a great point to where we always talk about for people that kind of become enlightened, they talk about creating this like debt freeness for their children, but at the same time, they kind of have the conversation on the flip side to where it's like. Creating that environment may not be the best thing because when you hinder somebody from the pain, you're actually hurting them. In essence, yeah. like you don't teach people how to fall. So if somebody doesn't learn how to fall enough times, you might be crippling them because they don't learn how to walk. But then in the same thing, it's like you can create the opportunity, but instead of saying, I don't want my child to be debt free. It's that, okay, now I understand what debt is for one, or if I don't, I can start training them like, hey, here's what I didn't learn in school. And instead of you, yes, there's a certain standard that you need to follow because that's just the requirement to get in the game. But once you get in the game, you have the opportunity to design your own career path. And I think he just came out with a book called um, You're Not the Boss of Me. Not the Boss of Me, yeah. Yeah, and I was like, I almost thought about jumping and going to get it but I was like no if I'm not getting anything else for anybody I'm gonna tell them here's a resource for you if you're interested go make the investment yourself because if you start spending your money you understand what it took for you to get that money and yeah. when you invest it and you're able to get something back from it and especially when it's changing your mindset that's a powerful thing because the most important thing I gained from watching ET when I first saw the videos in 2013 doing some like self-evaluation was um, he spoke about what's your crossover and he talked about reading and as soon as he said that I was I was almost immediately ready to turn it off because I grew up all the time like hearing readers or leaders read 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 read, read. oh yeah <laughs> the one thing that he did different for me he got specific he said read who moved my cheese to work on your mindset right and I was like that's the weirdest title I've ever heard who moved my cheese like what what in the world is that but hey like I've already watched 30 or 15 videos to this point and I'm like I like everything he says let me go get the book and what did I do since I'm not reading like that audible is a thing so I got on there signed up for a subscription and I was like okay you paid this much per month for a subscription that's a little bit more than I pay for like music on Spotify so it's like ten dollars for a monthly subscription where you don't have to have like the commercials and if I pay for a subscription every month it guarantees me a credit that I can use to buy a book and then what I realized was that that book is a lot cheaper than the subscription so I can just buy the book outright and then I still have the credit for another thing and I listened to it it was less than it was like the story was less than 30 minutes I looked it up on Google because like when something's out there for a while like people will just have a PDF of it yes yeah, 23 it. pages and I was like what kind of book is 23 pages because I'd always <laughs> seen I'd always seen people have the thick books so I just thought that's all there is like you see textbooks that you have to read and that's another reason I couldn't stand reading because I'm like I spent all this time at school reading like you go to school Monday through Friday like for us growing up we didn't watch TV at home you had one day in the week where you could watch TV and that's on Saturday for maybe an hour like you can sneak in for Saturday cartoons but like my dad would always be behind you so like, hey get from there like like go go do something with your life like stop <laughs> being like stop being a uh, consumer and start being a producer 
And it just, it always aggravated me and it never made sense just because I didn't have an example of what that actually meant. It just sounded like words, 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 words. And it was always just like this rebuke, 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 but never like a, a sense of direction. And I mean, for me, it kind of built some resentment, but I was, I've been able to, and I'm still working through kind of like the healing process where it's that, okay, one, you need to talk about this with somebody and understand that like what you've dealt with in your past, you need to unpack and deal with now if you're going to move forward, because you can't just bury your past and be like, oh, like I got to school on my own. I did this. I did this is like that fire and that drive will get you so far, but then you're going to hit that glass ceiling. Yeah. And I think they, they talked about that before, but not to go on too many tangents. It's just like, it's with getting the information that changes your mind, like reading something like Who Moved My Cheese? A very simple story about four characters where you got two little people and two mice. And just the way that they name the characters, it goes right into the story and it's being told at a high school reunion where you see, oh, this person was supposed to be this, this person was supposed to be that. And you see kind of where they wind up. And one person (laughs) explains, I would have gone down this path, but because of this story, I was able to see changes in my environment and make the adjustment. And it's like, I I said that not to spoil it too much, but just could kind of give you a sense of what it is. Because it's like, once I read that, um, he suggested another book, Rich Dad, Poor Dad. And I was That's like, yeah. I was like, let me let me grab this book because a friend of mine introduced it to me my freshman year of college. And I told him, oh, I'm too busy because I've got schoolwork to do. And I just didn't get it. You need to read it. <laughs> five, five years later, after I graduate college, I, I opened the book with Audible and I'm just listening to it as I'm doing like a, another task or something. That's just, it doesn't require a lot of energy. So it's like, I can tune in, but every every time I kept listening, I was like, "Oh, I gotta, I need to stop. Like, I, I need to stop." And then when I finally got through the book, I was like, "You mean to tell me because I thought I was so smart for five and a half years, I could have had this information and been in real estate and actually applying it." And then I see where I lived for a year and a half. This guy had the landlord had a duplex where he had six rooms with a duplexes, um, two houses or two units yeah. essentially put together. He had six rooms in each one and we were maybe paying like $400 in Midtown in Atlanta. So if you have 400 times six, what is that? Like $2,400, like every single month. And he has multiple properties like that. And what was funny, I, I had some sense to actually ask them the question, like, how did you get started in this before I left? And he come to find out he was a mechanical engineer and like he went through, tried to do the, the thing. And his thing for doing the real estate was that he wants an opportunity to be able to help out engineering students that are there going to uh, Georgia Tech and like other students from around. Like you have some people that are um, acting and stuff like that. And it's just like, I guess, I don't know if something came from that moment, but getting the the information then, this was back in 2014 when I read the book. And now fast forward to 2019 and I'm like, oh, now I'm ready to make the investment into Jamal's course next year to say, hey, I want to take his course and learn from him because I've heard him talk about it. I've seen him in person. I've seen his progression as he's doing the keynote now. Like he didn't want to be a speaker, but he wanted to be a businessman. (laughs) And it's like, I think him and E just talked. He's like, ET's becoming a a businessman. He wanted to be a businessman and he wanted to be a speaker. And then they like- They switch roles. Yep, they switch roles. 
But it's like seeing that and like finally being in a place of clarity to where it's like, oh, okay, like the game isn't necessarily like the game may or may not be rigged against me, but like I got I got the code now. Like I got I got the keys. And yeah. now that I've got it, I'm gonna stop crying about oh this and that. It's like I'm gonna work on me, develop something, and then once I get it, I'm gonna take it back to my family, take it back to somebody that wants it, that says, Oh, hey, how did you do that? Like once my opinions ask for, then I say, Oh, here's how I did it. Yeah. And like yourself, I'm analytical, so I'm I document everything. It's like all the journals, like some things I wrote down, some things I haven't, but now going through like the podcasting process and like just jotting down bullet points of what the five or six years have been like, it's really putting things into focus to where like, oh, this is how people write books. And I've heard of people say, oh, they want to write books, but like being in Breathe University around people that are literally writing books every single day. I'm yeah. like, oh, okay. Like this person over here, I think it was uh, Sugar Ray um, Destin. He's over in, in uh, I think, Houston, Texas. And he started a program to be able to not only write a book, but turn it into multiple strings of income. I think maybe he said like six or seven. From the time you write the book, you go ahead, you not only write a book, but you have a plan to write a workbook to go with it to where that's two strings of income. And then yep. you develop like a webinar to go with it, a coaching program. And then those are just like the same things that all came with one idea. And like you take that and I'm like, oh, okay, that's the same thing that he's been able to do where he started ministry kind of went the speaking route and like the whole time it's like okay you're speaking you're you're just working on this gift but then you finally link up with people you link up with somebody like carl who i identify with is like okay you're a supporter and he had the wherewithal to think hey let me record this because the world needs to see this and they put it up on something like youtube and it slowly but steadily blows up and you have CJ. I think you muted yourself again. You have somebody like CJ that has the idea to say, okay, here's where we need to go. And ET being the man he is, he's humble enough to say, hey, you that are younger than me, I'm going to let you direct me and say, I'm going to fall back. And I see, I see this vision for myself, but I see that you have the vision for this dream that I already have and you're able to direct it better than I can and I'm going to get out of the way. And just seeing like the beauty of that, it just more and more of an encouragement to where I don't really listen to people when they say, oh, our people are this or this. I'm like, no, that's not true. Like, stop listening to the lies that you've been fed. Uh, like this book, I've been reading this book on the regular from Dennis Kimbrough. It's uh, Think and Grow Rich, a black choice. Black choice? Yeah. yeah. Matter of fact, where's my, is my copy in here? <laughs> like, I literally started reading it October 1st. I yeah, literally started reading awesome. it, and I was just like, I was just like, wow. Like, sometimes you just have one of those dumb moments where I'm like, oh, it, it's thick, it's thick. But then I opened it up, and I'm like, oh, it's literally one page day by day. And that's all I got to read. Like, yeah. And I just made it part of my morning routine. And I was like, you know what? Since I'm starting this podcasting thing, let me just put it out there on Anchor as like a bonus episode as a way that it gets me to practice. And then it gives something to people. It's like, I'm not trying to monetize it or anything because it's not my content, but I'm simply using the information to say, okay, like, let me work on like the inflections in my voice. Let me work on this and use that as a, as a practice. And like from the time that we, where we started the call, where um, I reached out for a coach, got in touch with Lee West. He gave me the information, jumped on, did the, uh, the speakers battle, submitted my thing, even though it wasn't the best. 
and started recording for the podcast slowly but surely. And then doing this, getting some feedback from um, some of the, like one of the guys on the the uh, men's prayer line that I respect a lot. And he's part of the reason why I started the uh, this podcast actually, because I, I saw how he interviewed um, Brian Keith. I'm not sure if you know him. Oh, wow. But like just watching him from afar and being able to talk with him one-on-one and recently getting some feedback from him. And he was like, hey, make sure that from the things you've shared with us, like touch on being an immigrant, like make sure that you highlight that because that's what's unique to you. That's you. Exactly. exactly. They'll be drawn to that and they'll be like, oh, okay, like now I have a reason to come to this and this isn't just another podcast or something that's just like noise out here to just fill up the space, but it's adding value into somebody's life. And when I was confused earlier about the time that I was going to be speaking with you, like there was a coach on um, Instagram that reached out to me. That's actually from the ETA family. And he was just like, Hey, I see what you're doing with the podcasting there. And um, I'd be, I'm what I'd be, I'd like to help you out and coach you doing this. And like, we just talked, it was supposed to be 15 minutes. I think it ended up being like 45 minutes where we just had this good exchange of information and I recorded part of it for myself later to where I could go back and kind of listen to where I'm like okay I spoke but like let me be clear and intentional about what he said so that next time that we speak like I can say here's what you told me to do here's what I did like you you critique it if you got to tear it up tear it up I'm not it's business I'm not here to get my feelings hurt I'm over that like if you don't think, if you think it's garbage, if I got to redo it a hundred times, if I've got to do this five years, 10 years, 25 years, whatever, like that's not important. The only thing that matters is get results, like do something so much that you love it that, and even for this, I didn't know that I quote unquote loved it. It was just, I kept finding myself listening to podcasts like ET, like secret to success. I keep listening to it religiously, like yeah. Joe Rogan. I keep listening to his stuff because Like I was telling you with the YouTube thing, it's good to see it on YouTube, but I can listen to so much more when it's in audio form because I'm driving for an hour commuting, um, driving across here or going here or even on a plane because like you download it and I can just listen to it on the air without using any kind of um, Wi-Fi or anything like that. Have it at your disposal. Yeah. And it's just like. After doing that so much, and I, I came across this guy um, that Joe Rogan interviewed. He's a um, clinical psychologist out of Canada who, where he practices psychology as well as teaches uh, at the university level. And his name's Jordan Peterson. And he, he spoke about, um, he both basically spoke about in this book that he wrote, the first, it's the um, 12 rules for life. Mm. And the first rule that he talks about is stand up with your shoulders back, which kind of goes to what you were saying about walk up with your head, <laughs> your head up, looking life yeah. in the face. And the detail that he kind of goes through, it, it really like, He's kind of like Malcolm Gladwell, where he gives you a lot of the background to like how he gets to that final point. Like you can listen to the final point and get the information. But once you kind of go through the journey of understanding like hierarchies and things like that, it's like, here's why you need to stand up straight with your shoulders back. It's not just a catchy phrase that I'm giving you, but I'm showing you my execution of how I got here. And that's a quote that I saw today from Gary Vee. like, the quotes are cute. Like everybody's putting out quotes online, but it's like the execution and the work that you've got to do. Like, that's what matters because like today's the 21st of October and I've been doing my daily routine 
consistently for over 21 days. And that's when the habit clicks. Now when I get up and I'm like, oh, let me jump on my phone real quick. I'm like, nope, make your bed, go meditate, get out of the house and go exercise. And it's just like, bam, 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 bam. And like I said all that to say, um, it's really a, a pleasure talking with you. And the thing like you were talking about earlier was start where you are. This is my old phone that kind of broke on me. Like it wasn't working service wise. So I got a new phone and what I did, I was like, okay, I started to make up the excuses like, oh, I don't have a camera. I don't have this. So I was like, okay, if I don't have content per se, I'm just going to start filming my morning routine. So when I'm going to the track, I bought this little tripod off of Amazon for maybe like 10 bucks or 20 bucks. And it kept, it happens to come with like a remote, but where you can take a picture or something while you're walking. But I, I need one of those. I'll send you the link for it. Man, I like, need one of those. I got a, I got a standalone camera, but I'm like, I can't take that everywhere I go, man. <laughs> <laughs> so it's like, and the cool thing about this one is that it has the option to grip your phone as well as like if you have like one of those GoPros or something, you can twist on there. But I was like, hey, don't don't go too far. Use your old <laughs> use your old camera. Even I'm sure people want to clown, it, but it's it's a it. Samsung and it's like the the camera quality or the video quality is good enough and i figured hey i'm just going to record myself walking on the track in the dark and it's like i have a vision in my mind for what that looks like and once i train myself to get my voice where i wanted to get to where i can deliver the message with poison power rather than just like raw energy it's like that raw energy may not be me but my power comes from like the calmness it comes from that from just being paced correctly because it's like that's that's how i learned to speak english it's like you have to um what is it alliteration you have to be able to use the inflection in your words and one of the things that i i learned is that even though that's how i learned that's not the only way to speak and speaking to somebody that may um may just they may fumble on the words like so long as the message gets across that's my thing i'm like if i understand what you're saying you're good like don't worry about if you need a mic, if you need this, like right now, I've been recording in this room, whiteboards in the back sideways because I haven't bothered to hang it upright, but I'm just in transition. But the whole reason I put it up there was to get this light in front of me to kind of absorb it. Hey, and, see, you use yeah, that was just for, right. That was that was from that was from my friend Theo. He just suggested it like the first time we were recording, like for real, for real. We we're just like, hey, okay, adjust it right here. And he's like, move the camera over, and I was like, I'm doing the manual adjusting. Like I'm just <laughs> moving my camera like this. And then when he saw it from the computer, from the laptop angle, he just started laughing. I was like, hey, man, you use what you got, and Dude, that's, that's 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 kind the of like the immigrant is- story, like just start man because that like even that you're going to like you'll tell that story to somebody out there who's wondering like what do i do i don't have all the power equipment that such and such has and they're like right they they may already be feeling like man i might as well not even start because i don't have the equipment to do it with and then they see you and they go like that's all asher was using (laughs) okay i can do this i can do this right just by that, you've encouraged, you know, who knows how many people yeah. just to go do it. Yeah. 
And I think that's that's really what it all boils down to is when we talk about, um, you know, following your passion. And I think mm-hmm. that was one of the things I was listening to earlier today was like, you know, don't chase the money, just hone in on your passion and then the money will wind up coming to you. Yeah. And I think a lot of times we we focus more on the money rather mm-hmm. than on the passion. And so we chase, we, we try to go do everything to secure the bag. Mm-hmm. But in securing the bag, we're not being our authentic, our authentic self. Mm-hmm. And so I think when we chase our passion, and truly what we're passionate about and what we really like and what we really want to do, like yeah. that spills out into everything else. And right. that's when people, especially when we're talking about social media and all these things, that's mm-hmm. when people gravitate to you because they're like, okay, Asher's not trying to come off as fake. It's like he got it all together and everything <laughs> is super perfect. And like he got the back, you know, he got the thing in the background and it's crooked. Asher, why you got the thing up there and it's crooked? Oh, yeah, I'm using it for the light. Right. Okay, let's keep rolling. And some people be like, yo, that's hilarious, but I got it. My man is funny. So, right. But that's what makes people go, yo, Asher was like real genuine just in terms of what he was talking about, real cat, real relatable. And then they go spread that news. And the next yep. thing you be like, man, how do I go from like, you know, 20 people following to like 20,000 people following? Mm-hmm. And it just happens because you're just being and right. so even as you like even as you talk about like working on your inflections and everything whatever you do mm-hmm. don't lose you right right, right. right. don't lose you so you know you we, we train and all the rest of that stuff but as long yeah. as we keep us us and that's the main thing like mm-hmm. that's what people want to gravitate to too and then you'll pick up right. little things here and there to like it always improve like always be improving like, always mm-hmm. trying to do, what do i do to get better what do i do to get better what can I tweak about the show? What can mm-hmm. I tweak about the content? What different types of questions may I want to ask this person as opposed to that person? And so right. as you start to do it more and more, like you you like you probably already see, like you're like, man, this is way better than when I first did the very first oh, yeah. one. Like, <laughs> oh, yeah. better. And so one thing you can look back on this episode and be like, man, this episode was cool, but man, like I'm so much further along now. And you just keep going. And then yeah. somebody's gonna come, I guarantee you, somebody come up behind you and say how did you get where you are yeah you tell them like man i started my basement let me show you the phone i got and then it broke and then i had to go get this one in it yeah they'll be like man that's all you were using yep yeah. oh cool bet i can do that mm-hmm. and then then you got somebody coming up behind you who will tell their story and then they're going to tell somebody else coming up behind them mm-hmm. their story and it, it and it just brings me back to something i learned, learned a long time ago is a lot of times we're trying to climb you know the ladder of success mm-hmm. but we're climbing and we're not thinking about the people that are coming behind us mm-hmm. and so when you think about like mountain climbing or something like that they always talk about you know you climb and reach back you help the next person to come up yeah i think that's the beauty of just the community that, that we're in is that no matter what level you are, somebody's always reaching, somebody's mm-hmm. always climbing. And so, right. you know, we're looking at the top with people like Kendall and E.T. and, and, and Moose and, and C.J. and all those guys, but they're still reaching back yep. helping other people to climb up. And then those yep. people are reaching back to helping people climb up. And then once we do that, like, man, it's it's a beautiful thing and it's no telling what changes the generations that come behind us. And I think yeah. that's real beauty of, you know, the whole community that we're involved in is that right. people that are helping you get to the next level, mm-hmm. but then you become that person that yeah. helps somebody else get to the next level. I think that's dope. Yeah. And the, the thing that's dope on top of that, where he, he's put, he's always putting out his goals. And I think the most recent thing that he's trying to do is get the Nobel prize. 
And like, as soon as he said it, I'd been following him well enough to be like, oh yeah. I was like, okay, yeah, you got it. Like, whatever you need to do it, like I'm there. Like if you need like help at an event, like, hey, if, if you got to do Nobel, like whatever. Because then like for me, it's it's kind of like a sense of like reassurance to where it's like you see someone's progression and like I've seen him on the speaking end, but where I saw him on the spiritual aspect and understanding why he has like the nickname of hip hop preacher, that he's actually a preacher and seeing like what he values and seeing that, okay, offline, he's still the same as he is online, like in front of the camera. And I'm like, I respect that even more. And one thing that that helped me to do was that I stopped idolizing him and I realized, oh, okay, this guy follows God and he follows the same God that I follow. He believes the same God that I believe. Like that reaffirmed my faith in Christ to where I'm like, okay, let me go back to where I started in college and I started questioning why it is that I believe what I believe and doing the research myself and also getting in like a Bible study and understanding, oh, like there's levels to this. Like I might feel like I'm drowning having to read like five chapters or 10 chapters every week. And then sometimes I'm like, okay, like I got through a year, but I need to fall back. Like I'm going to go back to like one verse a day, one chapter a day. And it's like, okay, I slowly build up that muscle. And then when it gets to be too much, like start back right here, like build back up, like build back up. It's like build back up, build back up. And then you just, you just, just kind of my biggest thing since graduating was just like, I need to establish a firm foundation. But what I did wrong with that was just, I locked into having this foundation and I was like, I can't go anywhere until I have the foundation down. But the thing that I'm figuring it out is that you have to constantly build in different areas of your life. And that's what makes you like you becoming the brand, you becoming like your authentic self. Like that's what your foundation is. And like the people in the community that you build around that, that support what you do and you support what they do. Like, that's your foundation and once you have that like it will never be broken and especially if you have like a spiritual base emotional base physical base financial base like when you when you're covered in all aspects it's like they're talking about that triple double life where it's like i'm working in all these areas and yes i can record for hours but i understand like hey if I woke up at three this morning or whatever time, like I can go, go, go. But when the body needs rest, rest 45 minutes, rest, get up and do it again. And then it's like, if you're doing the nine to five, like, yeah, like respect the nine to five for what it is. And you may be mad that you're having to work for some, for somebody for a check, but like, honor the gifts that they're giving you they're giving you a job whether it's right or wrong like you're going there and you're collecting a check and that's kind of what i understood that okay i'm gonna give my all but then once i realize that my all that i'm giving isn't being met it's like okay i'm gonna do my job i'm gonna do it well but also i'm gonna start to create my own work as miles monroe said it's like the difference between a job and like your work, it's that nobody can fire you from your work. And once you start doing that, no matter like where you go, like you will always have that. Even though I got an engineering degree, like I didn't just, just being able, like having to pay for the tuition myself, taking the loans and things. I'm glad that I was able to have like my older brother mentor me to say, okay, like here's where you want to go. And then I was able to kind of push back and say, okay, well, I can do this. I'm going to work this job during the summer. 
And while I'm working, I'm going to take some of that money and I'm going to reinvest it into my education. Like some things could have been done differently, but they weren't. So that, that's just the matter of the fact. But taking that same information, I'm passing it on to my younger brother, who's eight years younger. And I'm trying to tell him that, hey, you've really got to focus on what you've really got to focus on, um, not the degree necessarily. Yes, the degree is important, but start thinking about what it is that you're doing now and what you want to do, like where it is that you want to be, why it is that you want to be there. And as those ideas come up, write them down, record them or something, and then let's have those conversations to where you have to create a job by the time you get out of college. Yeah. Yes, if you go to work for somebody, that's great. You have a source of income that's able to fund the dream, but don't just let the dream be a dream. Let it be a target. Like Kendall said, uh, I met him this weekend. They had like a G-Man event in um, Atlanta. And he said the difference between a goal and a target is something like a goal is something that you're trying to get to, but a target is something that's like measured, like it has a bullseye there to where, you know, like if I hit that, then like I made, like I hit it. But the thing that's important, I believe about having a goals or whatever words you want to use it's good to have something that you can like shoot for the moon or shoot for the stars to like land on the moon. And like, once you get there, you're like, okay, like you, you have to hope for something and then like work towards that with like short daily goals. If it's just like, Hey, I got to get out of bed or Hey, I was talking with Regina Waller and she said for her to get the, forget her routine in order. She, made it a conscious effort to slide out of bed to where she fell on her knees to pray because she was like, if I don't do that, like I might, if I just walk out, I may forget to pray. And then that messes up my day. But when I slide down and I fall on my knees like that, like that physical action stirs something, it triggers like, okay, the day's starting. Then I do yeah. my prayer and make my bed and then I'm out the door. And then it's like, just from speaking with her, I was like, okay, it, it makes sense why you're the resume doctor. And it's like, you're not only doing this, but the way that you're impacting people, people in turn impact you. And it's, it's like this nice mutual relationship where everything that you do, so long as you're being your authentic self in a positive way and not just like bugging out, like if you're truly who you want to be and you keep working on that, it just... It just blows you up and makes more opportunities for you. Indeed, indeed. Awesome, man. Yeah, man. Good stuff. Good stuff. So before you go, um, as I guess I, I maybe should have asked you this as the first question. Um, <laughs> if you would tell people who you are and where they can find you. Okay, so I am Dietrich Williams, also known as the Navigator, taking you from where you are to where you want to be. Uh, if you want to find me, you can find me on Facebook at Dietrich Williams, um, Instagram at Dietrich Williams. I think Twitter is at Dietrich Williams. I've been redoing some of the hashtag stuff, too. Um, you can also find me on YouTube. Just Google info on the go at Dietrich Williams, D-I-E-T-R-I-C Williams. Uh, you'll be able to find the information on my YouTube channel and all that kind of stuff like that. Uh, but yeah, you can, if you just Google me, you can find me pretty much on, on all the social platforms. Awesome. Make sure you get and, that. And, and just so you know, just to put some preference behind that. So I'm a real estate agent in, uh, in the city of Los Angeles in California. I've been doing this for about 12 years, uh, and actually started off as a, I wanted to be an investor mm -hmm. and just kept coming into people who were like, how do I, how do I, how do I? And I 
was like, well, since I have a license, let me just mm. show you how. Right. And so I've been just um, helping people and families to get a piece of the American dream. And, you know, a lot of first time buyers and people that are um, working on doing stuff like you want to do, invest, mm. buy multifamilies and invest, buy apartment buildings and things like that. So I love what I do and I'm passionate about the families that I get to help. So again, mm. uh, if you want to find me, just Google Dietrich Williams. I'm on Facebook, Dietrich Williams, Facebook, Instagram, um, Twitter, LinkedIn, YouTube. Um, YouTube. I mean, I'm, I, I've lost track of all the social platforms <laughs> I'm actually involved in because it's like so much going on. I need to hire somebody to do yeah, that. You need a coach. Um, yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly. Uh, but yeah, you can find me online. Just Google Dietrich Williams, real estate agent or info on the go, whatever the case may be. And, wow. and I'm sure 